Volume 2, Chapter 5 of The Mummy, A Tale of the 22nd Century. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Arnie Horton. The Mummy, A Tale of the 22nd Century, by Jane Loudon. Volume 2, Chapter 5. The day following was appointed for the departure of the two families of the Duke and Sir Ambrose for the country, and the whole preceding evening was passed by the two old men in arranging their plans and forming new schemes to ensure success. Elvira took no part in this conversation, though certainly the person most interested. She was thoughtful and distrait. She was too restless to remain in one place. She walked to the window she returned and she again sat down she attempted to work to read to draw all was in vain all seemed tasteless and insipid again she went to the window and opening its folding doors stepped out upon the balcony it was a delightful night and the air felt soft and warm vines laden with their luscious fruit twined from pillar to pillar of the balcony forming a kind of verdant network, whilst the moon shone bright upon the lovely scene beyond. Below, a smooth green lawn stretched forth like a velvet carpet, bounded on each side by Chinese rose trees, the delicate tints of which looked still more transparently beautiful in the lovely light. Behind these, rose trees of a loftier height and deeper shade, whilst at the extremity of the lawn, wound the river the clear moonbeams trembled on the gently rippling stream and gave a transparent brightness to the graceful foliage of a weeping willow which hung over the water and quivered in every passing breeze elvira gazed upon the fair scene before her and sighed heavily as she gazed a gentle sigh softly echoed hers and she started to find that henry seymour was standing beside her how beautiful is nature said he when undefiled by the follies and sins of man here one might forget the world and all its busy turmoil of deceit when one gazes thus upon the sublime and lovely face of nature how poor do all the arts the ambition and the pitiful contrivances of man appear the soul seems elevated to its proper sphere and to long to throw off the frail covering of clay which yet chains it down to the groveling passions of earth and to soar triumphant to its native skies his fine eyes were turned to heaven as he spoke and elvira gazed upon them and his noble countenance beaming with enthusiasm till she quite forgot to reply do you not agree with me elvira said he in a tone of the softest melody fixing his eyes upon hers with a look that sank deep into her heart again she sighed deeply but she could not speak oh elvira continued he taking her hand will you forget me will not the remembrance of this night form a tie between us when we shall be far far apart apart cried elvira almost with a shriek of surprise the youth sighed and gazing earnestly upon her blushing face whispered tenderly as he pressed her hand to his heart 
oh that i could flatter myself sorrow mingled with that sigh why what is this said the old duke bustling to the window the doctor tells me you are going to leave us surely you might contrive to stay till after the election i am very sorry sir said the youth but the circumstance that calls me away ay ay the doctor told me a near relation dangerously ill that can't die in peace till he's seen you well well my boy such things must be and if he's doomed to die i only wish him an easy death and you a good legacy i cannot tell you how sorry i am to part with you said sir ambrose who now advanced nor how sincerely i wish you good fortune thank you thank you sir said the youth alas i now feel how poor words are to express my gratitude for all your kindness i leave however father murphy behind who will inform you from time to time of my welfare and i am sorry to hasten you mr seymour said dr coleman who now approached but time wears apace true true said henry i had forgotten once more farewell god bless you all and he hurried away as though fearful of his own resolution if he ventured to stay another second for the rest of the evening elvira was silent and abstracted the suddenness of the blow seemed to have stunned her and she felt like one wandering in a dream was he really gone should she never see him more were questions she scarcely dared even to ask herself he was nothing to me a mere common acquaintance she repeated incessantly and yet she felt a wearisome void a sickening disgust and impatience at everything around her which she had never experienced before what can be the matter with me said she peevishly i shall never see him again and it is the excess of weakness to feel an interest in the fate of one who is evidently so indifferent about me and yet he seemed affected when he said we were about to part was he really so but of what consequence is it to me whether he were so or not i shall never see him more and elvira sighed involuntarily at the thought i am devoted to other prospects i in short i will think of him no more and in pursuance of this magnanimous resolution she thought of nothing else all night the following day elvira and her friends went into the country but as cheops had predicted the duke and sir ambrose proved quite unequal to the task they had undertaken and they only lost their popularity by the attempt men were disgusted to see personages hitherto considered so respectable descend to meanness and the shallowness of the artifices by which it was intended to oppose upon them excited their contempt in the meantime lord edmund was not more successful in london than his friends in the country he had marched a chosen body of troops within a convenient distance of the metropolis in consequence of which ill-judged measure the members of the council to show that they were not influenced by the fear of military authority and to vindicate their independence invariably opposed every measure that he suggested as the law however forbade any decisive promises till the actual day of election there was still hope though the friends of elvira struggled on 
rather from a wish not too hastily to abandon her cause than from any rational well-founded prospect of success in the midst of these anxieties elvira's health indeed seemed rapidly declining a weight which nothing could alleviate hung upon her spirits she made no effort to secure voters but pale silent and melancholy she glided about the ghost of her former self still however she was lovely the increased delicacy of her complexion and shadowy lightness of her form harmonized well with the general style of her beauty whilst her fine eyes shaded by their long silken lashes only shone more brilliantly from the glowing hectic of the cheek below the time fixed for the most important ceremony now rapidly approached the election of the deputies was concluded and the families of the duke and sir ambrose prepared to return to town the night however before they departed the duke gave a grand fete champetre to the neighboring gentry and as a considerable number of the deputies were expected he particularly enjoined elvira to exert herself to the utmost to win their suffrages never perhaps had elvira looked more beautiful than she did that night as pale trembling and timid she received her numerous guests and never perhaps was effect more magical than that which her appearance produced her very diffidence and modesty attracted and the reserve with which she shunned rather than sought the attention of the crowd completed the enchantment it is her fear of seeming to wish to influence us whispered one deputy to another that makes her treat us so coldly yes replied the other and i like her the better for it if she were to attempt to make herself agreeable i should hate her the duke and sir ambrose have sickened us of that the fete was given in the gardens of the duke which were beautiful and extensive and now brilliantly illuminated by lamps suspended from the trees there was something however not quite congenial to elvira's taste in thus marrying the gorgeous splendor of art to the simplicity of nature and she sighed heavily as she watched the flaring lamps scorching the calm pale verdure of the trees now this is as it should be said the old duke as he led his daughter to the pavilion appointed for her to receive her guests elvira now looks like herself does she not dr coleman the doctor shook his head i fear began he oh we will have no fears to-night cried the duke gaily remember elvira everything now depends upon you play the part of the smiling condescending hostess win the hearts of the deputies and you will make that of your old father leap for joy we shall have a gay party shan't we doctor continued he eyeing the groups as they advanced i wish your friend henry seymour were here amongst us elvira started and deep blushes suffused her cheeks at the mention of this name the doctor eyed her attentively though he replied as though he had not noticed her agitation it was urgent business you know that obligated him to leave england he was a charming youth said the duke so gay and yet so fearless i think however i observed that his spirits seemed much depressed the last time i saw him you know he said it was the death 
I mean the illness of a relation that compelled him to go. Young men don't generally feel so much for the illness or even death of old ones, returned the duke. Now, if I were to judge, doctor, I should think it far more likely it was some love affair. But we can't stay talking about it now. I must go and attend to my guests. And do you mind, Elvira, and make yourself agreeable? Poor Elvira, however, was perhaps never less fitted to obey her father's injunctions than at this moment, for the conversation she had just heard had quite deranged her nerves. Her father's supposition inflicted a deep pang on her heart, and though she went through the duties of her station mechanically, her mind wandered to Henry Seymour. It was a lovely night, and the general effect of the scene as groups of elegantly dressed people flitted to and fro through the lighted groves was striking in the extreme beautiful flowering exotics decorated the pavilion of elvira and the balmy air that fanned their blossoms seemed loaded with sweets whilst the richly illuminated castle rearing its lofty towers in awful grandeur in the distance had the appearance of a fairy palace elvira listlessly gazed upon the magic scene till she felt almost fainting with the fatigue her situation as hostess imposed upon her and she looked with a languid and almost despairing eye upon the crowd that came still pouring into the gardens the throng now opened and a tall and dignified figure found its way through the mass it was lord edmund he approached rapidly and threw himself at Elvira's feet. My adored Elvira, exclaimed he. You hear, my lord, cried the princess, whose eyes, enfeebled by exhaustion, had not permitted her to recognize him till he was immediately before her. I did not expect to see you here tonight. Does my presence pain you then, said Lord Edmund, looking at her attentively. They told me you were ill, and I do indeed find you changed i am better now returned elvira faintly do not deceive yourself cried he with the most intense anxiety you are ill you are not equal to this fatigue retire from the scene it will destroy you i dare not replied elvira still more feasibly without permission from my father though i own i do feel exhausted lord edmund waited for no more but darted to find the duke and obtain his wish for sanction the next instant his place was supplied by prince ferdinand who had been invited into the country a few days before by the duke and who with the inconstancy natural to his disposition had now become as deeply smitten with elvira as he had ever before been with rosabella elvira however saw him not and looking gratefully after lord edmund sighed profoundly as she lost sight of him among the crowd happy edmund said the prince what would i not give to create a feeling in that lovely bosom like that caused by thy absence elvira blushed at the earnest gaze of the youthful german as she replied without exactly knowing what she said do you suppose then that the absence of lord edmund gave me pain what other cause can i divine for your melancholy said ferdinand adored by every heart admired by every eye and blessed at once with rank beauty and affection what can elvira wish 
and what can cloud her brow with sorrow or heave her lovely bosom with a sigh unless it be the loss of the favored lover whom ambition bids her sacrifice and think you so poorly of me returned elvira indignantly as to suppose if i really loved lord edmund that ambition would tempt me to sacrifice him can a heart like yours then be really dead to love said the prince gazing upon her earnestly can nature have formed such exquisite beauty and forgotten to give a soul to pity the wretches it must make elvira blushed deeply as he spoke for his ardent look embarrassed her and her eyes having been modestly withdrawn again met those of lord edmund who had returned without her perceiving him twas but for a moment however that she gazed upon him for she shrank aghast from his withering glance jealousy and hatred curled his lips and darkened upon his brow whilst his features seemed so changed that elvira could scarcely believe he was indeed the same she had so lately spoken with i beg your highness's pardon said he haughtily i would not have presumed to intrude if i had known you were engaged i fancied that you wished to retire and had obtained the duke's permission for your doing so but oh thank you thank you edmund cried elvira most gladly will i seek my chamber then marking a slight smile upon prince ferdinand's face she hesitated for she recollected the interpretation he had put upon her melancholy and indifference lord edmund's agony was beyond description he saw her hesitation he saw her look at ferdinand and fancying she sought his approval before she would retire his jealous rage was unbounded and darting at her a look of ungovernable passion he sprang from the pavilion and was out of sight in an instant elvira could not bear his look nor his unreasonable jealousy and exhausted by her previous fatigue she fainted a crowd soon gathered round her and she was carried to her chamber in a state of insensibility mark me said a figure muffled in a thick cloak speaking in a deep low whisper as he laid his hand upon the arm of father mars who stood gazing after elvira with a look of intense anxiety she must not die or if she does i swear by the holy tomb of osiris at philae rosabella never shall be queen from that hour elvira recovered and the consumptive symptoms which had so strongly excited the alarm of her friends entirely disappeared lord edmund was conversing earnestly with one of the deputies and notwithstanding his jealousy advocating the cause of elvira with vehemence when he was informed that she had fainted his first impulse was to fly to her assistance and when he found she had been removed to her chamber his heart smote him for the cruel manner in which he had left her she was really ill thought he and in her feeble state my harshness overpowered her but never again shall my foolish jealousy disturb her peace no let her scorn me hate me if she will i will bear all the tortures she can inflict rather than again hazard wounding that gentle bosom let her smile on whom she lists even upon that hated german i will not repine if she be happy i will ask no more thus thought edmund 
and he knew not that he deceived himself till he saw prince ferdinand who with the happy elasticity of youth was chatting gaily with one of the beauties of the court love him thought he as a scornful smile passed over his features love him did i say oh no it is impossible i could not endure to see her love that coxcomb and shuddering with the torments of jealousy he turned away cheops was near him muffled in a thick cloak that shrouded him from observation the mummy marked the changes in lord edmund's countenance and read well the feelings they betrayed yes even he said he with one of his fearful laughs will soon be mine for never yet did man trust in his own strength that did not fall end of chapter five of volume two